Good morning, motivators. What's happening? Dr. Drill here with Making Motivation Podcast. Most of you motos are probably just crawling out of the rack right now. And I hate to break it to you, but us early morning wakers, we've got the initiative on you, man. We got the friggin' jump on you, the advantage, if you will. It's tough. You know, it's tough sometimes getting up out of the rack, going on a couple hours less sleep. But it really is helpful to get a jump on the day. So now it's 17 degrees. I've already stepped into the gym and spent an hour training my body and my mind, my spirit. Got in there working with a bunch of motivators, you know, a bunch of... 50, 40, 50, 60 year old individuals doing our absolute best to get our training in, to work our physical bodies, render them resilient against everything, against stresses of life, gravity, uh, seated work, all that bullshit. It's helpful to come out here and do some friggin' hard work. It's a great discipline to have. So I've been doing this for a long friggin' time, and these days we got 20, 25 individuals out there doing the workout, and that's just fine with me. There was a time where we had 100, 125 different locations and different instructors and so on and so forth. Well, now it's just me and instructor Rob and Thor, we call him. He's about the most dependable individual you're ever going to find. Credentialed, creative, caring. And we got, again, a couple dozen individuals that show up and do hard work. So this morning we did a serious circuit. What we did was we set up six stations and uh, we uh, performed some exercises with some music playing in the background. Station number one was Rubber Band Man PT, where we did things like the horse-drawn carriage, where... I would take this big, thick rubber band, put it around your waist, and you would haul ass across this, the uh, gym floor, and then turn around and come back the other way, and then we'd switch, and I'd be running with the rubber band resistance, and you'd be pulling me, providing some resistance. So that's a great one. Nice partner PT. And that dictated the time, because station number two, we had uh, some weight plates, some rubber weight plates we set out on the floor, kind of staggered, and we did various cone drills with them. That was fun. Station number three, kettlebells. We did kettlebell swings and tricep extensions and cool stuff like that. Station number four, we had PVC pipes with sand in them, about 20 pounds each. Did bicep curls and um, bent rows, shoulder presses. Finally, we had some horses, which are um, like a big rounded-ish rectangular with rounded edges device like you see the pommel horse that gymnasts use well this is one without the rings on the top it's just a long rectangle like a twinkie you set it on the floor and you can step up onto it you can do push-ups off of it it's a great little tool that you can use to get some training in so we did that maybe a minute minute and a half per station 
and you rotate it. You got a good team that you run with, two or three individuals, and you rotate through that, and you have a great workout. Then you come up with another next round. You know, you take a little swig in between. You do another round. You change up the exercises. Now we're going to do with the rubber band thing. We're not going to do the horse-drawn carriage. Now we're going to do a seated bicep curl. So you use the elasticity of the band for resistance. And maybe we're going to do a kettlebell swing, or maybe we're going to do a tricep extension, or whatever. So we did three at least rounds of our serious circuit. We climbed some stairs, we did some freestyle PT using walls and climbing upstairs to the second deck. Kept our heart rate up, worked on our flexibility, stopped the stretch, and inside of an hour, it's all done. And we whistled while we work, and we got some good people we're training next to, and we honored them by calling out their names and providing encouragement. And check it out. I just got a friggin' text message from my friend Wavo, another awesome DDI peer, and the adjustment that I rendered to her neck and shoulder girdle yesterday really, really helped. And so, doing good things. It feels good when you're able to get a good night's sleep and you're able to come out and get a kick-ass workout in to start your Tuesday. And you're getting good reports from the people in your life that you're trying to help. And so, off to a great start. Now I got a class to teach and some shit to do around the office. And then some cats to dissect. And then I'm going the fuck home. And I'm going to be with my family and relax. Which is what I like most to do. Like to do most, rather. But what makes me really enjoy spending time with my family is to feel fulfilled. Having done, gotten work done and been productive. And, you know, supporting my family, making a living, being a strong person. Going out there and helping the world doing my little part, you know, it's just, it's what we do, I, I, I'm enamored, I'm, um, I'm very inspired and interested in the rhythm of work and play. For instance, people are bitching all the time. We all complain about how hard we work and the things that we have to do. It can be challenging sometimes. The grind can wear us down. But is it not the grind that reminds us why we do what we do? The fact that we go out and bust our ass and, you know do a lot of things that we can consider stressful from traffic and our occupation proper to bill paying and all the shit of being a modern human very stressful but very necessary I don't know what the alternative would be but where I live in suburbia you go to work you bust your ass and you enjoy the time that you have when you're not off, so. But we striving to find that work-play balance. And what am I gonna do today? I 
got my good workout in. First of all, that it, it lets it's hard work. It's grueling. My heart rate's still up. I'm gonna get some good chow in me. Go home, take a nice shower, clean myself up, head on into lecture and teach these kids about the heart. Try to make them inspire them about that. I'm gonna love my family. Take my dog for a walk. And then I'm gonna come home tonight around four o'clock and I'm going to already be prepared for tomorrow's busy day in the office and I'm gonna fucking kick ass I'm gonna relax and then tomorrow it's just gonna be Wednesday so here we are again I mean I feel like we we fret about our schedule and oh we gotta do this and oh we're approaching hump day and oh it's Friday now and what do we got to do on the weekend and you know, careful, I mean, enjoy my time off, but you get around the weekend, and you get too much time off, eat a bunch of junk food, you don't feel good, you know, you're kind of, your body is calling for that schedule again, that rhythm, that, that routine, and so, there you have it, one of the primary benefits of getting up and exercising early is the routine, to establish a rhythm and a rate for yourself because today's tempo is going to be brisk. It can be. I'll try to slow it down as best as I can, but if it's like any other day for me, I'm going to field emails and text messages and all kinds of shit, fires to put out, etc. You know, um, in closing... There is, uh, I've been watching a little Netflix, and Anthony Bourdain, God rest his soul, he has a program on Netflix, um, not no reservations, but points unknown, something like that. So he goes off, and of course he's, his thing is food, because he's a chef, but it's really culture. So he went to Germany, a place called Cologne, Germany. And he's exploring the food and the culture, and that they're, they were, it was very interesting because they're saying it's like he's looking for gems. And, like, you know, not going to whatever the capital of Germany is, like Berlin. This is Cologne. And Cologne is like the redhead stepchild city in Germany. But it's got a lot of things going on. It's got some, uh, a lot of diversity there. It's got some culture. It's, not, it's a pl- type of place that never really changes. Um, there's a lot of um, things that go there that maybe not wouldn't work in another city. Just something about it. Very accepting, very accepting of refugees, immigrants. Um, and then he goes to talk about their food and stuff like that. And I had a friggin' point. What the hell was it? Anyway, it's very and very inspiring to see him talking about this this culture and how it seems like to to the untrained eye it's this drab culture and kind of like a boring city but it's the people that make it special and so he's exploring it and it's very friggin inspiring talks about the various food items that they are specialties for them 
and the people really enjoy it. They take care of one another. They enjoy the diversity. They enjoy the um, that their city is not going to change. Oh, I know what it was. There you go. I had to scramble a little bit there. One of the guys that he was interviewing over dinner says that, uh, or it was a woman actually, she says, the thing about Germany is that you know, Germans don't like surprises. And so everything in their lives is organized so that they don't wake, wake up in the morning and receive some get you know slapped in the face with some reality something that they could have foreseen that they should have known about and so I think about that uh, in terms of our daily routines like people yet we don't like surprises but yet there are people who completely fuck themselves over because they surprise themselves by rolling out of the rack painfully at six o'clock six thirty in the morning and they they you know scarf down a cup of coffee and maybe something to go for breakfast and they go through the day like a bat out of hell and it's not comfortable and so what are the things that I can do today I guess what Germans do is they micromanage and you can look at this in their technology and their precision um, manufacturing and all that stuff and of course somebody's going to say oh yeah the holocaust they really organized that well and that's true that's horrible and people make mistakes and this country is moving on and they seem to be better for it not like I'm glad that it happened but um, it happened and, and uh, tragedy strikes and people move on and, and um, that, I just thought that that was very interesting what he said about Germans, what, what this person was saying. Germans don't like surprises, and so everything that they do, they organize in such a way so that they don't get taken off guard, that there are no surprises in life. And I feel myself trying to do that every morning when I stage my, or every night when I get home. I do my laundry and my towels for the office, and I take care of whatever. I run my antivirus on my computers so I don't have any my computers break down and I stage my clothing and I in my breakfast for the morning and um, just kind of make sure that all the boxes are checked so I don't show up and get my ass kicked and so I think that this is an extremely important lesson to be um, avoiding surprises in our lives we do that by disciplining ourselves you know, by stealing ourselves against the elements. If it's going to friggin' snow tomorrow, well, maybe I should have gloves in the car. Maybe I should make sure that I have enough salt to sprinkle on the driveway. You know, was it a busy day at the office? Well, I got a bunch of paperwork to do. I'd be wise to get that paperwork done. Otherwise, I'm going to be doing it at a time that I'm not, that I would not prefer when I would be rather spent my, spending my time relaxing with my family. And so I think that that is a wonderful lesson and I really enjoyed that segment on Cologne, Germany and I would love to go there someday. They got these little uh, beer that they serve in a small um, narrow cylinder called Kolsch and it seems to be just like a pale ale and it's a traditional uh, beer that they drink just in this particular city. In another city, they've got a different type of beer, and it's darker, and it has 
more body and flavor and all that stuff. The kolsch is something that it's always next to your meal when you're eating your um, schnitzel or whatever and spatzel. And so it just seemed interesting that there's somebody, there's a culture out there that has, they have their norms, they have the things that they do, and this is what you can expect if you come to this city for a traditional experience. And then I wonder, what are the traditional things that we do here in America? Like if somebody were to come in, an exchange student were to come in from out of town, what would we do that would be uniquely American? I'm, I know there are a lot of things. Uh, in closing, there is... Um, we had, when I was a, a kid, my sister had a pen pal, Kanako Tanaguchi, from Japan, from Kobe, Japan. And <clears throat> she came for summer, like entire summer, and my mother took out a friggin' loan, and we went everywhere. We did all kinds of cool shit. Showing her, you know, giving her the lay of the land, and showing her what it means to be American, and the sort of things that we do. In fact, I think we went out of our way to try to provide her the richest possible experience, and um, it was an interesting one. I'll maybe tell the story about the exchange student, Kanako Tanaguchi, to the degree that I remember it. I'll tell that story later on today. Have a great day. Be disciplined. Friggin' wake up early, kick ass, and take names. I feel empowered, and I'll be honest with you, coming off of a a weekend and, and a start to the week with the Eagles lost and all that shit and, you know, cold weather and back to work and not wonderful weekends, spending time with family. You think that I embrace the grind because I, I just, I can't, I love it. Maybe on some level I do. I like to feel productive. I like to have that rhythm in my life of discipline, but it's hard. It's hard for us all. So let's make it easy by organizing our lives. Huh!